We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Did that? We're about, one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. We are live. It's the Field of 68 After Dark, and there is nowhere on earth that you should rather be than here with us to talk college hoops here on Thursday evening. There's a big weekend ahead. We've got the Big 12 SEC Challenge this weekend, so we had to bring our SEC guys on tonight for the show. We've got Patrick Young here. We've got Jim Root here. My name is Greg Waddell, and it's going to be a fun one because while I mentioned the SEC, good basketball conference, first we got to talk about an okay basketball conference. That's the Big Ten. That's my territory, and the only surprise is that Terrence Oglesby wasn't forced to be here. If you followed along, normally we stick him with the Big Ten Knights, and he loves it so much, but tonight we get some new blood. Gentlemen, I'm excited to talk about it with you. Uh, again, we are brought to you by Bet Rivers. We are live on Sirius XM channel 84. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, we appreciate that. Jump in the comments. We'll answer your questions every single commercial break and stick around after the show as well. We'll do the afters for 15 minutes where you can fire any sort of questions you want at both Jim, Patrick, and myself. All right, boys, let's jump right in. As I speak, we've got Purdue and Michigan down to the wire here. Purdue's held a steady lead for the entirety of the game, but there's... Just under four minutes left to play. Three possession game. Weirder things have happened. Maybe I'm trying to will it into existence. Maybe I'm not. First, let's start with Michigan's rival, Michigan State. Uh, Another very back and forth game against Iowa tonight. The Spartans ultimately find a way, which happens a lot with Tom Izzo teams. And this felt like a pretty classic Tom Izzo win. Patrick, what'd you make of this one? Well, I got to start off here. You, You just start the show off with shots fired. Just all across the board. Just have just have them in the can and going at T.O., going at the Big Ten. I'm just like, whoa. Hey, that is not – I may I may share some opinions with G-Wizzy, uh, but I won't just blatantly throw them out there to start the day off. That's fair. That's fair. You you're, uh, you can save your your hot opinions for the afters. I just wanted to set the tone, you know. No, I'm wanna, so used to – I want to ease the audience in. And then, you know, give the hot takes as we go. But uh, to your point, this was a an awesome 
uh, grid out win for for state. I mean, you hold Chris Chris Murray to eleven points and Ofer from the three point line guy that's been uh, a first team Big Ten all season long. Um, fantastic job this, defensively. You 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 turn turnovers into points. That's what you have to do. Uh, Iowa was right there. I mean, literally uh, drawing up the whatever they drew up at the last eight seconds of the game. You get looks that you want to potentially win that game. Uh, two of them, I, actually, off of offensive rebound um, there as well. Shots didn't fall. Uh, good to see uh, Michigan State make some three-pointers. I, I I thought they weren't a three-point-making team at all at one point. But, you know, at home, anything can happen. The, the rims are a little bit wider. Uh, great statement win for, for Michigan State to build that resume. Yeah, yeah I like I'm the sure. final set, the, the jump pass to Peyton Sanford. It worked out. Jim, you like that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not somebody go at you and say it was a, a bad – Poorly coached final possession. They got a great shot. I thought they got a great look to, to go for the win there. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. I, I forget what the word was from uh, one of the people in my mentions on Twitter tonight, but what's, good set. What's the debate, set. What's the debate there? Do you do you call? Would you naturally call a timeout there, or just keep going? Because I, I Michigan or Mississippi State was was in a position last night where I really thought Chris Jan should have called a timeout to draw something up, and it was all in an awful last set and and the player actually got confused and taken took a two-pointer when it should have been a three and he's frustrated i'm like man well you could have drew something up yeah that's i thought it was i thought they kind of did it right here he he let him run for a little bit to see if they had something quick and eventually mccaffrey had the ball with eight seconds left at the top of the key and was like nope we're not getting anything so let's let's go to the huddle and, and figure it out Okay. It's kind of kind of personnel oriented there too, right? Like when you think of this IO team, Chris Murray, fantastic player, not necessarily a guy who's just going to say, give me the ball, get out of the way. Let me go get one here. Uh, so I, I like that from Fran as well. And ultimately, I mean, dials up arguably his best shooter, two yeah. wide open chances to win the game. Uh, for the record, he hit not only those two, he hit a third in the final 90 seconds to beat my Michigan Wolverines. Couldn't hit the open one tonight to steal it at the Breslin Center. But them's the breaks, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, let's talk a little bigger picture with this Michigan State team, though, because it's a pretty polarizing team, uh, especially within Michigan State circles themselves. Obviously, it, uh, pretty much all Michigan State teams take on the personality of Tom Izzo at some point in the season. I think the backcourt, especially, you can feel the quote-unquote dog in them nature of A.J. Hogarth and Tyson Walker this year. Uh, in most of their good wins, those two have been brilliant both eye test wise and production wise tonight was not the case I thought this was a pretty poor game from the Michigan State backcourt and it's really one of the first games this season that they've won when that backcourt has not played well Jim what do you make of that uh welcome back Malik Hall that feels like a, a big part of that um I, I don't know where that came from we had the quotes earlier this week from Izzo that he was a ways away and wasn't going to be ready to go and then suddenly pregame he was warming up He's out there, he's playing, and he was a huge contributor. I, I didn't think he'd be able to give him 25 good minutes, but he did. And you get that extra offensive option, that takes some of that burden off of Hogarth and Walker. They're constantly the ones that are having to make plays, but they got a, a couple of plays made for them. Uh, I know Hogarth hit a three off a of Malik Hall offensive rebound, really uh, high activity level for him. And the on-off number stuff for Hall over the course of the season is is staggering, like Hoop Explorer and Hoop Lens have them about 15 points better per 100 possessions when he's out there. Just really adds an extra element. You can play smaller if you want to, or even when you're bigger, you've got more versatility and he's a great shooter. Uh, so, Patrick, I think with him back, 
I'm really buying Michigan State. Like most of their poor performances have been when they're shorthanded without him. And, and when he's in there, that team's really tough. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on just the instant impact, uh, let alone. I just wonder if when you have such a poor shooting night with your guards, you, overall 39% shooting night from the field. And I'm looking, you know, I'm a big, big numbers guy in the sense of what is what, what's what's the big picture here? Five of 17 from layups and understand there's a lot of the contested baskets there, but um, it, it shows that there there are quality looks getting into uh, for for this state team, just not falling. And who who can be more reliable, somebody reliable um, to get to the, to the hoop and to finish? And Malik Hall was was that guy. Uh, today, someone coming off the bench that, uh, you know, there was nobody had that had a spectacular game, 10, 12, 11, 10, 7, 11 points. So that bringing that extra boost, those 11 points was was a difference maker. Yeah, there were a lot of guys on the periphery of this Michigan State team, uh, role player types that I thought excelled tonight. Mati Sissoko being one of them, a double-double in 26 minutes. He's been really, really struggling over the last two weeks. He had the big games early in the season against Gonzaga in the Champions Classic, where he's up against two of the best centers in the country, Andrew Timmy and Oscar Shibwe. I don't want to say he held his own because those guys still did what they do, but he looked like a Big Ten starting center in those games. He was not punked. He was not uh, forced out by physicality with Oscar. He uh, at least hit the boards and held up production-wise against Timmy. That hasn't been there in the the first half of Big Ten play. for So for them to get 26 minutes from him tonight, that was critical because then you don't have to turn to the freshman bigs, Kohler and Cooper, who at this point just don't look ready for this type of conference. Uh, and then the other guy is Jaden Akins. I mean, you talk about backcourt stuff. He's a guy that has really now in his sophomore year been pushed out of position, in my opinion, down to the wing where most of the time he's guarding the opposing team's best three, best bigger wing. I think he's a guy who could be really dynamic with the ball in his hands. He had a couple good driving kicks tonight, uh, 12 points, six rebounds, three assists. So when you're getting that type of production from the extra guys, that's when Michigan State becomes dangerous to me. When they're really just a two-headed monster of Hogard and Walker, that's when I kind of roll my eyes a little bit. Uh, But then again, with Tom Izzo, you can never really count them out, right, Pat? Because we've seen this. I mean, now what? This is 20-plus years of Tom Izzo teams start to just creep along, and maybe they're under the radar, and all of a sudden things start clicking into January, early February. Tournament Tom. Uh, yeah, I just – right now with A.J. Hogan and Tyson, I, I love uh, what they bring to the table, and especially when you're you're looking at – Coach Izzo, what he's bringing out of those guys, I just don't think there are a dynamic enough backcourt uh, by within themselves uh, to to dominate uh, to make the tournament. Absolutely, uh, those those extra pieces are essential for a Tom Izzo type team that's going to find that's going to grit like these games in the '60s. That is right now with a team that didn't shoot it so well from from the three. That that's what you're looking looking for. Those grid out games. Every game that state's been in has been fairly close. Um, I mean, they're they're just so so close from getting stealing that early game against Gonzaga, just right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's why I was thinking about uh, when we were talking about our segment, segments uh, for tonight. It's like is has is, has state shown that uh, they're trending in the right direction enough to enough to uh, to be that tournament team to make a run to finish top five in the Big Ten. And 
I, I believe so. I, I believe so, especially with Malik Malik Hall uh, on his way back and showing what he did tonight, uh, seeing that they can knock down the three-point ball, uh, seeing that they can defend without fouling. And But, but man, you know, side note, I, I I I am so baffled with the block charge call. And I'm sure we all are. Uh, but I, I have just been so frustrated uh, this season. Uh, I, I don't even know what to think anymore. I, I would have fouled out every single game. <laughs> Every single game, and I don't know what I would have done. I just had to get that out because it's it's just been so frustrating to watch uh, these last few this whole season. Yeah, let's flip to flip to the Iowa side briefly of this uh, Iowa team that has had ups and downs, much like many, really any Big Ten team has this season. They looked pretty damn good when they blew out Iowa State earlier this year. Especially now, looking back, that's a pretty big resume win. Then they had the whole Patrick McCaffrey leave of absence. You think that's going to be a nail in the coffin for this team? He's such a critical player to everything that they do. Instead, they rattle off a win streak, really come together. The resolve of that team to keep winning games in light of him taking a step back was very impressive to me. He still is not with the team. I certainly thought they missed him tonight, but this is now back-to-back road games for Iowa 16-point loss at Ohio State, and then a heartbreaker tonight at the Breslin Center. Jim, is that just road life in conference play, or is that something that should be a little more concerning for Iowa? I think generally the losses, I'm I'm not worried about them. Uh, just like in general, like you're saying, it's, it's road life in conference play. That's tough. What's kind of troubling a little bit is the offense. Like they played one other game this year where both teams were in the 60s. Like Michigan State really dragged them down into the mud, Chris Murray didn't score after the first 15 seconds in the second half, like no field goals after that Michigan state, great job taking him out. Then even late into it, they had 59 points with 440 left. And then they got a bucket in the final 30 seconds to cut it to two. And that was it. Like two points in the final 430 for an offense that high powered. That's kind of an issue. Uh, That's, that's more of a concern for me. Some of the micro stuff taking away from this game rather than just losing two row games. I get it. That's all right. But uh, there are some things there that I think raise my eyebrow. They've got to find a way to get Chris Murray better shots. Yeah. Do you guys view Chris like, I mean, obviously he's not Keegan. Keegan at this point last year, I think was national player of the year contender. We had a lot of conversations about that. I don't think anyone would put Chris in that category, but do you view him close in caliber? Like he's going to be an NBA first round pick. Uh, It left a little bit to be desired. His performance for me tonight and give Michigan state credit, but I think he's capable of more, right, Pat? Yeah, I think he's capable of more. I, I, th- would you say he has just that that dog in him? Uh, it's a little bit, a little bit more of a finesse, finesse, which is fine. You know, everyone to each his own. Uh, it is basketball nowadays, especially college basketball, is an is a, a offensive players' league where you just, except for the charge call that I, I'm going to keep bringing up. Um, I think he is. It's always going to be a transition getting to that NBA level, but you got to think. Trent, you got to think potential wise. What is the ceiling, especially when you can stretch the floor? Um, if 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 Chandler Parsons can, if Chandler Parsons can make eighty million by being a great three point shooter at his size, I think uh, I think Chris Murray has a chance to do the same. Greg, you said it. You said he's not like a guy that demands the ball as much. And I thought Keegan had a little more alpha to him with like, yeah, right, I'm I'm going to get this and. Keegan had more of a on the block game or mid post even where he could get it and kind of bully ball guys to the rim. Chris's finesse for sure. And just more perimeter. He, he wants to shoot the ball a little bit more than Keegan, whereas Keegan was in and out. 
so yeah, yeah not, not the same player, but I mean, certainly all conference caliber and yep. uh, no shame in the numbers he's putting up this year. Yeah, none at all. Really, really fun player to watch, as was his brother. If you talk to anybody around the Iowa program, they like to joke about how different the personalities are. That was a big conversation starter last week. And I think you see that sort of show up in the way they play, as crazy as that sounds. Um, but yeah, I I guess I'm just fascinated to watch where Iowa goes from here because I like the roster in theory a ton. I don't really like their ceiling as potentially anything beyond just to make the NCAA tournament team, unless Chris Murray really gets more aggressive and really does become like a no doubt 2025 a game a guy. And I think he has been that for stretches of the season. I don't think he has been that consistently enough for them to compete in this big 10 conference. Uh, as I speak, by the way, Michigan just banked in a three with five seconds left. They are now down three points. There's a lot of people out there that probably went to our friends at bet rivers that are very concerned about these impending right. Brandon Newman free throws. The spread of this game beats, was baby. bad beats. The spread on this game was uh Purdue minus five, I believe. And you know, depending on the half a point here or there, you may have gotten a different number. Uh, Newman makes the first, I'll do some live commentary here. They are now up four with five seconds left. It appears that Purdue is going to steal a win there. We will be live on Sirius XM as soon as this game ends. Uh, so we will officially talk about Michigan Purdue as soon as this game Got it. wraps and he nails it. So Purdue up five, five minutes left. Uh, we'll see what Michigan can do with a heave here at the buzzer. They actually get a really nice three-pointer off of it, and Joey Baker misses. So a push, ladies and gentlemen, oh. everyone's favorite moment in sports betting. Cheers to that. All right, uh, let's move to Michigan and Purdue. Okay. Uh, so Michigan needed this win. I mean, I'm a Michigan fan. I'll look you dead in the eyes. They desperately needed a resume statement-boosting win. They are nowhere close to the bubble right now, and – I, from my eyes, this was not a game that they can even say, ooh, we almost had that one, even though it results in a five-point game. It felt like they were kept at arm's length away the entire night by the best team in this conference and maybe the best team in the country. Jim, is, there, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it wasn't like in question. It was kind of eight to ten points the whole way. They never really made the run to tie it through that second half. It, it was arm's length, like you said. Uh, the Purdue best team in the country, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to – pause that a little um since they lost their one game to Rutgers they have played Michigan without Jet Howard Minnesota without Carrington and battle got hurt granted that was blot the whole way Michigan State without Hall Nebraska without Gary and Greasel full strength Penn State all right and then Ohio State Zed Key got hurt four minutes in like so they have been getting teams in vulnerable situations not full oh. strength they're all soft that's what this is what that is <laughs> Can't I, handle uh, the, I, I, the rigors of the Big Ten in. I'm going to jump in, boys. We're going live in five seconds here on Sirius XM. We are officially live on Sirius XM channel 84. Uh, we thank you for joining us. If you were listening to the end of Michigan Purdue, we're jumping in and talking about Michigan Purdue right now here on the field of 68 After Dark. I'm Greg Waddell. I've got Patrick Young. I've got Jim Root with me. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Patrick now. We just kind of briefly were going around the horn on this game before. Yeah, you said Jim, Jim was bringing up some good stuff. Jim there. was cooking. We'll go back to Jim. Yeah, ball, ball in our best player's hands here, Jim. What would you make of the finish cooking. of this game? Cooking. Oh, that, that is not the best player's hands, but I'll take it. Uh, yeah, no, Purdue has had – some fortunate circumstances of late. Uh, basically, all their last seven opponents have had somebody out, key guy out. 
Now you beat who's in front of you. They've done that. No, no taken away from that. But I think it is fair to have questions about, is this the best team? They've got one loss. Like sure that the, the resume looks great, but um, if they were playing all these full strength teams, maybe it wouldn't be uh, one loss at this point. Uh, it was fun to watch tonight though, Pat, uh, you're, you're a post player. We got a little bit of one-on-one with Dickinson and Edie. Those guys actually got to cover each other instead of right. getting constantly doubled. Uh, so I enjoyed watching that. Um, they, they did throw some doubles late and had to figure it out, but uh, I, I thought it was kind of a, a good one to watch something different for both these sides. Yeah. Yeah. You may, you bring up some good, some good points and, you know, Purdue is number one team in, in the country, one loss. And, you know, this is not, there's no team that I can say just stands out. I mean, you have Zach Eady. He's a player that I think when, when he, we call him Shaq Eady. He's not Shaq quite yet. <laughs> I want him. I want him to take on that personality, uh, because and because he he had comments I think early in this game that I don't need to score thirty and fifteen. I, Zach, try to score thirty and fifteen every night. Get give give everyone problems. I like I I just want you to see you be that dominant of a player because it opens up so many doors for everyone else. Uh, it solidifies you being the player of the year and a player that we're going to talk about that we would talk about for a long time. Um, but I just don't see them right now being a or any team being a, a complete dominant. I mean, I look at Alabama uh, yesterday and they looked extremely vulnerable. I don't think they will be to Purdue. Uh, they they don't have a, a a post presence to stop anyone like Zach Eady to even contend. Uh, once that ball touches the paint in general, they're in trouble. But I, I really, you know, it, it is toast of the night or in, in our in my mind thinking of Fletcher lawyer goodness gracious he is he does not look like a freshman he finds a way to really help this team bring them to another level because Zach he's, he's done a great job and and I want I'm I'm, I'm, I'm curious because Juwan Howard there's just so many things I was really locked into this game Juwan was adamant that you know those twos that that Zach Eady's making aren't going to kill us so we can live with those you decide to start trapping late. He was dominating Hunter Dickinson and made him look like a child at certain points. But Hunter held his own. He wasn't super efficient. Um, he had some some bunny, I say bunnies, but some around the basket that didn't fall. Uh, but I'm just, you know, there were no digs. Uh, Juwan said, you know, we got to do a better job of digging. And I'm like, there's no dig if a guy catches the ball <laughs> two feet deep in the paint. <laughs> there's no there's no opportunity. But then later in the in the game, second half. Those double teams did look very effective, very effective. Uh, Zach didn't have – it wasn't super easy for him to get it out. So just curious your take on on what that's going to look like for them, for Purdue in the future. Because Michigan, if Jed Howard was in this game, I, I believe, even though you know his, his defense has always been kind of in question this year, I think this is a different game. Because overall, Michigan, six turnovers for the game. That's it. They were right there. Just didn't have enough juice on the offensive side uh, to convert and finish this one out. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to jump in. We're actually going to cut to break. Out of break, we will answer PY's question. We'll come back to Michigan-Purdue next on the Field of 68 After Dark. UCLA overrated? Yes. Oh, no for me. There you no. you, can explain, you can explain it here at the end in, in the next block, but I just want you to Yeah, we'll get to answer. this. We'll get to this. Did we get Pat's answer on that? Oh, I, I think so. Okay. I, I mean, I just thought they'd be better. Ten seconds. Yeah. Like, just like be this. better. Yeah, I'm with there. We can play the schedule game with That's UCLA, great. too. We'll do there that we coming up. Three, two.
Welcome back. It's the Field of 68 After Dark Thursday night edition. We are just wrapping up Purdue and Michigan, and we're going to break that game down just a little bit more. We're also going to talk UCLA. They blew it. They melted down. This is the second time this season they've done so against USC. Uh, We're here to explain what happened and why. I'm Greg Waddell. We've got Jim Root. We've got Patrick Young here as well. We've got producer Dagan behind the scenes and producer Kono on the ones and twos. Shout out to Kono bringing the music back for us. Let's dive right back into Michigan-Purdue. Pat, you brought up a good point. Jed Howard's not here tonight. Michigan played a pretty clean game. Six turnovers. On the season, they've been a very good team taking care of the ball. That hasn't been one of their issues. They've got many issues, but tonight I thought they got an A performance from Hunter Dickinson, an A performance from Kobe Bufkin. That's where you would start if you were going to try to pull an upset against the number one team in the country. Uh, Jim, what do you think? Was this just a a don't have Jet Howard, don't have enough horses to get this done game? Yeah, I kind of think so. Um, I I think they would have been right in it. I mean, they they hung around for a while without him, and he's – uh, a huge offensive weapon for them spaces. The floor has been, I think even better than people thought entering the year. So not having him kind of hurt. Uh, I want to do a quick ode to my guy, Ethan Morton. I think he's really emerged as a key piece for Purdue. I started to love watching him play kind of a smart ball mover, great defender. And when he hits shots, like he hit a couple tonight, he becomes invaluable for them, gives them a little more size, that playmaking position. Uh, not quite Shasta Stefanovic, but um, he he is a nice little piece for them. And uh, given the defensive contributions, like he he's one of the best like fast break defenders. He knows how to play straight up. He'll get his hands in there. He won't foul. He had a couple of those tonight where he saved them on on fast break. Uh, so a little little ode to Morton, Pat. I'll, I'll let you take it on on whether you think Jet Howard would have totally swung the outcome on this, but uh, just wanted well, to shout him out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think this is score was 26-28. I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the, the, the kill shot. Purdue goes on a 15-0 run right at that point. It was... 41, it was 26 to 28, then it went 41 uh, to 28. And I think that really is the highlight of what just, and if for fans that don't know, a kill shot, what, what I learned from Todd Golden uh, is uh, a 10-0 run. You want to strive to to get a 10-0 run. I, I don't know the analytics behind it, but there is some great power behind that. Stopping 10, 10-0 runs and producing your very own and, when you can have a 15-0 run and then to start the second half with a quick 5-0 run, um, Michigan just didn't have anything to stop the bleeding there. 
turnovers weren't a huge problem, but just in that 15-0 run, I think there were three or four um, that just really pushed you in, in, at a deficit. It's hard to come back when you're, you know, you have you barely have enough time left to find flow. Um, Hunter, Hunter, this would have been one of those games that I think Hunter would have had to go for for 30. Jet Howard definitely would have helped break that 15-0 run and made this game. But still, a five-point loss without your, your best scorer. Hunter played really well, uh, wasn't the most efficient, um, had some some bunnies around the basket. Uh, but he, I mean, I, I I was really proud. I mean, if you don't know him, but proud the way that he he played against Zach Eady, even though uh, Eady still made him look like a child at some possessions. Uh, but yeah, I, that's that's just the thing that I, that stands out to me. I'm like, dang, 15-0 run. That's really hard to come back from in the middle, uh, middle of a game, especially at home. You know what Hunter would have needed to do tonight, in my opinion? What Trace Jackson Davis has done for about the last two weeks. I mean, I, I, it's not saying anyone should expect him to do that because that's how good Trace has been. But you need like an extraterrestrial performance yeah. given the state of this Michigan roster. And I, I don't mean to throw shots at anybody, but you lost Jalen Llewellyn. Uh, your grad transfer point guard you expect to start all year. You've got a true freshman in Doug McDaniel back there now who can be great in moments, can be really, really sporadic and bad in other moments. Uh, you've got Joey Baker, who's never had to play this big of a role is what he needed to do tonight. And he hit a bunch of threes late to end up approaching a five point game, but it was too little too late. And then you've got a bunch of guys who don't belong in a playing rotation or weren't in Michigan yet, playing yeah. until guys got hurt. So you're looking at your superstar, who needs to go out and probably more than what you said, Pat, Pat, he probably needed like 35 and 20 tonight to keep this it was close right there. It was just a bunch yeah. just didn't fall for him. He had great, right. a lot of in and outs, man. I mean, it's right. It's know, and that's basketball. And that's uh, basketball. The, the one thing I would say on Purdue, and then we'll move to UCLA and USC here. The thing that astounds me about them is how much guys are okay with watching Zach Eady and watching the the integral guys eat in this offense. Like mm -hmm. Caleb first tonight had one point and one rebound and the guy affected the basketball game in a positive way. I don't know how many guys in college basketball can do that. Uh, and they, they're just a really unselfish team. They're a team that just wants to win the damn game. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you know, they, they will never complain about how many times they're just going to throw the ball into the best player in the country. They're just going right. to getting him the rock it's really special and i give matt painter a bunch of credit for doing it let's move to the pac-12 now where ucla uh stop us if you've heard this before had a huge halftime lead on usc this time the result was not what it was the first time if you remember back ucla uh blew that game it was tied it exchanged leads and then ucla wrangled it back to win the first time tonight not the case usc actually wins by 13 points after being Bro. down 37 to 25 at halftime, USC pours 52 points in the second half and wins this game 77 to 64. Jim, we'll go to you first. Does this result say more about UCLA or does it say more about USC? Uh, it says a lot about this rivalry. I feel like it's hard to run away in these two. Uh, you go back a few games between USC, UCLA, and it's, they're constantly close. Uh, the concerning part is the second half. Um, I, I think fairly highly of Mick Cronin as a coach, but that's twice in a row. Enfield's run circles around him in the second half. So the combined 40 minutes of the two second halves, UCLA with 
39 points in a, in 40 minutes of basketball. That's terrible. Uh, considering how, how prolific they looked in the first half, really concerning. I still like the makeup of that roster, um, given the senior point guard and a, and a go-to score and Hawkes and some high upside freshmen with Bailey and Bona, but you have to kind of take a look in the mirror coming off a loss up double digits at half. You can't lose that game. That, that concerns me. I've thought very highly of UCLA recently, but uh, given what we saw tonight, I have to to take some some second thoughts on the Bruins. Um, I second half basketball there for for UCLA. I I want to know what Andy Infield said to to Boogie Ellis because yes, fifty two points for USC in the second half, twenty seven from Boogie. Goodness gracious, what do you ten ten coming from the free throw line? And I. Looking at how how do UCLA respond in that second half after having the first the great first half, you know you can't you can't have your your point guard and I love Tyson Campbell love him after to death he's love his hair, who who can't love that hairstyle, uh, <laughs> three three of your starters go without a field goal, in the second half and your point guard has three turnovers, uh eight eight, eight turnovers in the second half leading to fifteen easy ba- easy basket you know live ball turnovers leading to fifteen points for. USC got to find a way to to stop the bleeding. And when you have a team with such um, experience and, and veteran leadership, being able to find a way to first off defend. And that's, that's the thing. When we, when we look at a team that's that uh, when we look at the tournament matchups, what is the weakness? Usually the weakness is a, a guy that's just a game breaker. And that's Boogie Ellis gets to the line, knocks down the three, creates his own shot. I mean, what, what can you do with that? Um, you can run any type of set. And if you can't stop a guy like that and you can't score enough points, um, you know, your season's going to end early and it's just going to be a disappointment, especially when you have a roster uh, as such for, for UCLA with the expectations. I, you know, I won't, I won't sell, I won't sell UCLA. I think they're too talented, um, but I'm not going all in on them as of yet. Yeah. If this was last year, we'd be playing the, are we sure this team's good? game when they had the magical march run from the play-in to the final four then the next year it's like okay maybe that was just a run right we don't know if this team's good we want to see it again this year it's like okay this is year three of the the tiger campbell jaime Hawkes core you love those two uh and critical critical game result tonight for the pac-12 conference because there are four teams sitting behind ucla right now with three losses in the standings usc utah arizona arizona state ucla in the last week has gone from undefeated in the pac-12 to all of a sudden a half game or a full game ahead of those teams depending on how many games have been played with back-to-back losses at arizona and usc if they could have stolen one of those you still feel like they've got a stranglehold on the conference now not so much one quick thing i want to ask you guys and then we got to go to break i'm not gonna go the the full-blown sell but dagan asked us in break is UCLA overrated? I said, yes, here's why you look at their schedule. Are we sure they've beaten any team that's going to make the NCAA tournament yet? Genuinely their best win is what USC at home. And they almost blew a 20 point lead. Like they, they lost to Illinois. They lost to Baylor. They Kentucky's got, Mar- they the got Maryland. Kentucky yeah. might not make the tournament. Kentucky we don't know. Kentucky is going to make the tournament. Wait, let's, and we're going to get into it later. Let's see what happens this Saturday. I'm telling you, there's a lot on the line, uh, a lot on the line that game. That's a good tease, PY. Jim, you're you're giving me a look though. Like you could you could make a case they haven't beaten an NCAA tournament team. I got I, yeah, maybe, but some of the, like they've beaten teams away from home. Like at Maryland, Maryland's 
running teams. Oh, in the they Big beat Ten the breaks off Maryland. Maryland. That was embarrassing. Yeah, just destroyed them. Then went up to New York right after that and and kind of controlled Kentucky for 40 minutes. So Kentucky wasn't who they are now, but still an impressive win. They don't have the like super top of the line head your resume and they're not going to get many chances for that. Like not beating Illinois, Baylor and Arizona takes that away. They will get Arizona. They only play Arizona once. That's what are you, what are you doing? Oh no, they got them at the end of the year. Sorry. Final finale of the season. That's going to be the big one for UCLA. Put that at the top of your resume and maybe you can climb up to that two seed potential one seed discussion. But right now with this losing skid, uh, it is a little bit concerning given I thought Campbell and Hawkins would be such steadying forces for them. And we didn't see that in the second half at all. Yeah. yeah. Couple, couple games. Ooh, I like that energy, Pat. Sauce. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, a couple. <laughs> yeah, you said pre-show. You you didn't want to get spicy pre-show, and I'm out here dissing the Big Ten. But now mid-show, we can we can diss the Pac-12 a little that, bit. That's, I like that's the real weakness right there. Big Ten's fine. Big Ten's fine. I, I like it. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're speaking my language. Well, a couple get right games, I would call it, for UCLA. Next week, they've got Washington at home, Washington State at home. Hopefully, they can win those two. Uh, we can talk about them in a more positive light after that. Coming up. We're going to play one of my many games that I forced the Field of 68 network to play. We're going to play a game of call, fold, or all in as we become gambling men and break down five of the most divisive teams in the sport of college basketball. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. You're clear. Dagan, what do you got for us? This one was specifically for Patrick, but I'm going to open it to the whole crew. Oh, no. How many SEC teams make the tournament? Mm. Oh man! Everybody, everybody get counting. Here we go. Right, like I got to do math now. What do you? Come on! I was, well, I was told as of that right now. <laughs> as of right now, the in the bunker, uh, Joe Lenardi has said that there's six in. A and M, Texas A and M is first four out, and Florida is under consideration. Uh, I don't think Arkansas is going to make it. I don't. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. We don't think oh, Arkansas man. is going to make the tournament. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm not with. I'm not sold, man. I, I'm not sold on them not having Nick Smith Jr. has has killed me. And and Trevor Brazil from a team that I thought was going to be top top ten. And this is not any hate. I just don't <laughs> think they have the offense, and their defense isn't as great as it was last year. Well, I'll have you know. That our bracketologists have Arkansas as an eight seed, and we also have six SEC teams in at the moment. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be Kentucky. Right at six. Kentucky, one of the last four in. One of the last four. I think we're going to be right at six. I think we're right at six. Uh, and I'm just I'm curious how it's going to play seconds. out with Auburn, Missouri, Arkansas, and Florida. Those are, those are my question marks. Ten. Do you have Missouri? Missouri going to make it? They're going to make it. Come on, my Tigers! Big Five win seconds. coming this Saturday. Just had <laughs> to check in. Nah, I wasn't bro. Sure. I ain't gonna lie, they about to get the brakes beat off. Welcome back. It's the Field of 68 after dark Thursday, January 26th. A night of Big Ten basketball. A night with Jim Root, Patrick Young, and my name is Greg Waddell. Uh, If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, click subscribe, jump in the comments. We will answer your questions every single commercial break and after the show in the afters are 15 minutes where we do our toast of the night after the show wraps. We are live on Sirius XM channel 84. We are brought to you by bet rivers and it is time 
for my favorite segment of the show. It's time to play call, fold, or all in. I am obviously a betting man. Jim Root is obviously a betting man. Patrick Young, are you a betting man? Not really. So you're just playing along with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, I play along, but I play, I know how to play blackjack. You're a team guy. That's what that tells me. Yeah. You're a you're a yes coach. I'll do whatever you need from me tonight. I appreciate that. I'll take this, that guy out. I'll, this yeah, might be the uh, this might be the only time you're ever in a setting with me and Jim, and we ask you to be a role player, Pat. Let's just call right. it that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so oh, I've, got, <laughs> I've got I've got five. I've got five of the more, uh, I said it before, I've got five of the more divisive teams in the country. Teams that uh, I think, it, you, it wouldn't be crazy to say that you think they can win a national championship. It would not be crazy to say you think this team is horrible and uh, will be one and done in the NCAA tournament. So my premise to you, I'll give you a team, and then I want you to tell me if you are calling, which means you still like them, you want to see a little more. If you are folding, which means you are absolutely done, throw them in the trash. Or if you are all in, it doesn't matter what has happened. It doesn't matter what will happen. You're riding or dying with this team, and you think you can win a national championship. Let's start with Rob Doster's own UConn Huskies. The Huskies are 5-6 and six in Big East play. After 11-0 and 0 in the non-conference, there's a lot wrong with them right now. Pat, let's go to you first. Are you calling, folding, or are you all in on UConn? Uh, I don't like that. Quite. For a national championship, that's what's at stake? National title. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You don't have to say they're going to do it, but you have to say you believe it could happen to be all in. I, 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 I believe I will call. I, I believe that a team that that was so explosive and early on, you know, it, it can be at the flip of a switch. If if UConn could do it and this, I'm talking back in with uh, who's our guy? Uh, who was the coach that just uh, Jim Calhoun with the uh, the Kimba Walker team that was wasn't even going to make the tournament and went on a crazy run? I believe cr- crazier things have happened, have they not? And I'm going I'm going to call. I'm not going to go all in. Not even and I won't fold up. Won't give won't give it up on them either. The A, but the Big East has been that's been some great basketball. I that's that's those are some fun games to watch. So fans, if you're not if you're not watching those games, you I don't think you like basketball. You're missing out. They're fantastic. Some of the best ones. Every every Marquette game, I think it's must watch. But Greg, I'm folding. Take my cards. I'm out. I'm out on UConn. Guard play is not good enough. I know Rob is going to push for that second half kind of reshaping of the offense where they turned it over to Jordan Hawkins last night. And I think that's the best option. You play him at the two. There's just a little too much Diara Aline Calcaterra on this team. And I don't know who gets a bucket late in games. Not you Diara. can't play through your big in tournaments. Yeah, not Diara. I stop trying to make <laughs> Hassan Diara happen. That's what I say. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm folding. I, I'm out on UConn. I just I, I don't like the juju around them. I don't like the backcourt play outside of Hawkins. Wow. Uh, you might have just swung me. I was fully ready to call, but that was such a, a great <laughs> breakdown of it. I think I'm ready to fold. But by the way, Calcaterra. Wasn't he fun for like a month? 
And now it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, eh, I don't know. What like, the was, what happened? Yeah, something something fell off there. I'm uh, I'm going to jump on board with Jim Root. I'm going to hitch my wagon to Jim Root, and we are going to fold on the UConn Huskies. Let's uh, let's go back to my Big Ten. This is a team I got to see in person a couple weeks ago in Champaign, the Illinois Fighting Illini. Five and one in their last six games. Coincidentally, five and one since a certain freshman point guard transferred out of the program. Jim, you buying? Well, not buying. You calling? You folding? Or are you all in on the Illini? I'm chips in this, this I'm all in on Illinois. I, I really like the structure of the team. Now that Clark's out, I think the pecking order makes a lot more sense. And since preseason, I've been saying this team is structured more for postseason success last year, really built around one big could kind of only play one way with Kofi, yep. a lot more malleability lineup options here. You can go big with danger. He gives them that presence, or you can go smaller, play through a big wing and Shannon, or you can go through some of the, the, the freshman guards and maybe you get Luke Goody back and add another perimeter weapon coming up here. I'm I'm in on Illinois. I think they're going to trend up late in the year and into the postseason. Pat, I'm continuing to. You're you're quite convincing, Jim. Uh, <laughs> and I I have I have turned my my attention to this Illinois team, especially with seeing what Matt Meyer has been doing. Um, as of late, started off extremely slow, been shooting. Score, I think he was scoring like five points a game at at a stretch to, to 50, 15 per, per game, 40% from three. I just switched, flipped the, the script on, on his game completely. Dane Danger, man, I, I didn't expect him, and, and especially against Michigan State, anybody against Michigan State, the bigs are just going to get it, give it to you. Um, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. I'm not going to go all in. I, I'm going to call them to at least be uh, – Sweet 16 team. Not so, national championship. I, I want to be right there with you, Pat. I want to call, except calling is the least Illinois thing you can do with this team. You either have to be the hottest team in the country or the coldest team. Like they, there is no middle ground with Illinois. Either they're great or they're horrible. Uh, in light of that, I actually have to convince myself to fold here, and I don't feel good about it. Uh, I give Brad Underwood a ton of credit for making big picture changes. You look at his rosters the last three seasons. I think last year he said it was Andre Carbello's team all off season. And then a month later, he was essentially out of the rotation <laughs> this year. I, I, he's done the same. I think he's managed situations that are going to put his team in a better position to be successful. The thing I don't trust is Brad Underwood to make decisions on the fly in a game when it's yeah, a dog fight of a game. He has not necessarily shown that yet. So single elimination in March, I'm going to fold until I see Brad Underwood make a little run himself. I got to be skeptical. Let's move out West where we have Gonzaga. Uh, they've been playing with fire for a month at this point. They lost to yeah. Loyola Marymount at home. That seemed like the the well-breaking moment for this team. Pat, let's go to you first. Call folder all in on the Zags. Fold. It's just I'm just going with my gut. I just haven't seen it that there was obviously all the hype around. Just the guard plays not there, just not shooting the ball well enough uh, to be a team to contend. And, and I can't believe they lost at home, broke that streak. Um, it, it, we know these streaks and records are meant to be broken, uh, but that just head scratcher. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to touch the Zags this year. I still think they obviously a tournament team. I went, won a few games. I getting out of the first weekend, but I, I, I think with the right matchup, um, yeah, even a mid major, you know, if they match up with a Big East team, I think they don't stand a chance. Yep, I'm folding as well. 
I, I just, the defense isn't good. It's the worst Mark Fuse had in like over a decade at Gonzaga. This is the first time since 2016 that they've dropped in Ken Palm during WCC play. Typically they just dominate. And I know it's a better league this year, but look what St. Mary's is doing to the same league. Like they're destroying everybody in Gonzaga is decidedly not guard play is still a little bit of a question mark and, and there's no rim protection without Chet Holmgren. They haven't recovered without him. I'm, I'm out on this Gonzaga team. I don't, I don't really think they'll make the sweet 16. Yeah. I, I Guys, I can't believe I'm going to say it. I'm going to call on Gonzaga right now. I, all the signs are there that you should fold Jim. I love the stat that they've actually gone down in conference play. That's stunning. Uh, I don't know that they're going to get there. I don't know that this is going to be a strategic adjustment, but could I please dial up more Malachi Smith though? Like it, we talked 50, 40, 90 club. The guy's 53, 54, 83 right now club. That's a crazy club. And he's playing 20 minutes a game. I don't trust the backcourt, but I, I kind of want to see a little more of him. And wouldn't it just be fitting if this is the Gonzaga team that does sort of somehow get over the hump. Like they don't lose too early in March with Drew Timmy this year and just out. And I could see it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how I can see it, but I could see it. Let's move to one final team here and then we'll go to break. Uh, this is a cold team right now. It's the Kansas Jayhawks. I can't believe yeah. we're even asking this. They were in contention to be the number one team in the country. They're on a three game losing streak for the first time since 2013. And gentlemen, their schedule in the next two weeks at Kentucky home against Kansas State at Iowa State where nobody's won this season, and then home against Texas. This could continue spiraling. Jim, are you calling, folding, or all in on the Jayhawks? Calling Kansas. <clears throat> Excuse me, calling. I've been folder all in. I'm going to finally take a, a fence-sitting position here. Uh, the shooting still concerns me a little bit, but the two through four matchup problems that they have with Wilson, Dick, and McCuller, are, that's not going anywhere. I think it's going to be really tough to deal with in a postseason setting. Yeah with sort of limited time to prepare. Got a great point guard in Harris who just needs to figure things out. He's had a really rough stretch as as the team has. Uh, but I think the defense is real, and the fact that they have multiple playmakers and scores sure. at least has me interested. So I'm waiting and seeing here, P.Y. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there with calling, but this this brutal stretch is that is coming up. But we have, I mean, the Big 12 has been unbelievable league this year. Um, and I, I'm I'm putting my my call in because I trust Bill Self. I trust I trust that he's going to be able to flip the script with with his team to make those in game. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. Obviously, we're gonna as, as I said earlier, we're gonna get into got a lot of stuff to get into for this game upcoming game uh, this Saturday. But I'm gonna call the Jayhawks. I still think with what they've been able to do and prove, um, the Big Twelve is just so deep um, that nobody was going to get. I think I think it's projected that. Kim Baum projected the winner of the league is going to be uh, 12 and six, 12 and six around there. So you knew Kansas State, Kansas, somebody was going to go get beat up in this league, um, especially with how good Iowa State is right now, being a top five team. Um, so, yeah, and and Kansas State. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the call. Yeah, I, I want to fold this roster, but. Pat nailed it for me. You got to call it because Bill Self's coaching it. You never know what's going to happen with a Bill Self team. Uh, the only thing I would push back on, Jim, it, is Dewan Harris a great point guard? Are we sure? Do great point guards go for five points and 13 turnovers in a four-game stretch where they lose three or four? Yeah, that's hard to I, – I, I don't have much rebuttal to that. It's been really bad. It's been a rough stretch. That's not a tough bad. stretch. It's that's been bad. It's, 
and look, he's been great at other stretches, but this is, you want to point fingers at why is this going so poorly? There's one finger I would point right there. All right, coming up, we're going to talk Big 12 SEC challenge, starting with Kansas, Kentucky, but moving beyond it to Texas, Tennessee as well. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. Clear. Dagan, what do we got? Chat mob, talk to me. Uh, I had one and I lost it. There's been a lot going on in the chat. Uh, let me go back and see if I can find it. I'll give you one in the meantime, though. Give me a sleeper, um, a mid-major sleeper that you guys like this season. St. Mary's does count. We'll count St. Mary's. So you guys go answer that one. That we can <laughs> does any mid-major count? If we're counting St. Mary's, it's anybody, right? I mean. Seems fair. Yeah, that sure. seems fair. So I can pick any. up. I'm going New Mexico. Jalen House mashed. Like, I love that backcourt so much. I can't get enough of it. They got size. I'll go FAU. I'm gonna. Hey, sing that's what praises. I was gonna say. Uh, on, my man. bad. I, I'm gonna sing their praises in three cheers. I'm saving some of my uh, my takes on them for that. But I love the Owls. Love watching them, and I, I think they're legit. Um, is Marquette mid major. No, no. You can you can keep <laughs> FAU. You can keep FAU. You don't yeah, just echo watch. FAU. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, actually, <laughs> say Marquette again. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that. that'll that stir great. the pot. That was great. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, bigger March run or deeper March run. The Mount West or the ACC? 30 seconds. God, got to say ACC. Um, I think there's better backcourts there. Uh, I do love Mountain West, but the history is poor. I, I like those teams, but it it's hard to make a case what they've done in the tournament in recent years. ACC, yeah, I think that's the to. obvious answer. 10 seconds. Yeah, you got you got multiple shots at it with the ACC, right? Like, I'm not shocked yeah. if Carolina or Virginia or Miami Four, make it. In, three, uh, two, the other I would here be. Here we go. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Oh, no. Welcome back. We are back to the show. Uh, Kid Cuddy playing us in tonight, live on the field of 68 after dark. I'm Greg Waddell. We I was got a Patrick senior in Young. high school when this came out. We got Jim Root, and we are back in our feelings uh, to the tune of day and night guys, big 12 sec challenge this weekend as uh, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say bad, but as boring maybe of a slate as it was tonight and might be tomorrow night, we get a really, really exciting day of hoops this weekend. Let's start with Kansas, Kentucky, Pat, you've been teasing this all show long. I'm excited to hear where you're going with this. Are you really going to talk us into Kentucky stealing a game against Kansas here? Are you sure you don't want to talk Texas Tech and LSU first? I think that is actually the game that everyone has circled on their calendar, and we can dive into the we can dive into that. I'm, I'm telling you, just one one and fifteen combined in conference play. Like, are you sure that's not what you game to watch? There's some sickos out there that want that, Pat. Uh, me personally, no, thank you. He hmm. said he'd okay. bring the shade later in the show, and he it's it's out. Man, that just I mean, I. Just not, yeah, it's, it's going to move on from there. But um, th this this Kentucky team, ever since they lost, uh, which is probably going to be South Carolina's only only conference win, uh, which I can't believe, uh, Kentucky has completely flipped the script. And it's it was by default that Coach Cal had to, I say remove, but, you know, Xavier Wheeler was injured. And you, you, you got, we got to understand that uh, analytics-wise, Coaches have been in Coach Cal's ear saying, "Hey, with this this lineup, we we score, we we score, we defend better." Um, but to 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 a fault, loyalty uh, to Xavier Wheeler, he hasn't done nothing wrong, 
It's just you're an undersized point guard that can't shoot it. And you're fast. You're, you're a single-man press breaker. But let me tell you, Kentucky against Vandy uh, this uh, yesterday or Tuesday, whenever it was, that was the best basketball I've seen them play all year. Oscar did not need to go, and he can, but he did not have to have one of those Oscar Shibway, Oscar Shibway games where the ball was moving. There was patience in the offense, uh, great shot selection. Um, defense wasn't elite. I want to see that get a little bit better. Uh, Antonio Reeves, CJ Frederick playing so well off of each other. Jacob Toppin playing his game. I hate, I, I don't know if someone had to tell him, stop taking long two-point shots that are one step in from the three-point line. Get to that elbow because you can knock down the shot. I just hate that shot for him because then it takes him away from being effective on the offensive rebound. Um, I, I think Kentucky has found, and this is going to be the tell of a tape uh, for them to solidify because Kentucky is much better than the 12 seed. Um, they're, they're, they're much, much better. They, they, they've have Kaysen Wallace is off. He, he's one of the best freshmen um, in, in the country. I think, especially with his catch and shoot three point ability, uh, they, if they can stay healthy, CJ Frederick, man, it just seems like the kid just doesn't catch a break, man. Like he, he gets hurt so often. I just, I, I, and he's such a good kid. Just hope that he can, uh, stay the course, but this is going to be, yeah, I remember what happened last year. We all can remember what happened last year when, Kentucky came into Kansas last year. I don't know if you can, but it was a it was a beating. Um, there should be some some blood uh, in the mouths of Kansas Jayhawk fans coming into Rupp Arena, but I think this game just means too much for Kentucky. And this is going to be Bill Self's first four game losing streak in his tenure. Oh, you you stole my stat. I, no one else is going to say that about this game. <laughs> the Bill Self's never lost four in a row at Kansas, but uh, I was going to sneak that in there. Uh, no, a couple stats in Kentucky, four straight games now in their winning streak. They've held every opponent to one point possession or less. And they, Cal's talked about how much better Livingston and Reeves have gotten on defense. I think that matters a lot. And then this is Cal's best three-point shooting team since 2012, which you may remember won a national title. Pretty good team. I remember them all too well. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet that one uh, rings true a little bit for you. That, uh, that said, I, I think Kansas wins here, actually. Um, it just kind of feels like, Greg, we've lost a lot of basketball. It's a gambling thing. You're a little buy low, sell high. Yeah. Everybody's loving Kentucky's rise. Everybody's throwing Kansas in the trash. I, I think we see a little bit of revenge. As Pat said, you remember when you lost at home by 18, as they did last time. Uh, I think we get a little bit better Kansas effort. Hopefully my guy Harris figures it out. More points and turnovers would be uh, a really nice change of, of pace for him. Uh, but I like Kansas here. I, I think they're able to limit Shibway on the glass, and and Wilson has a really, really big game. Jim, can we play a quick guess the lines live? Not to go full Bill Simmons on you, but uh, Ken Palm has Kentucky favored by one in this game. If you get Kansas plus one, you're going to have to talk me out of taking a sizable loan out and heading over to my friends at Bet Rivers on that one. Oh, I, I won't talk you out of it. I think people are buying the trajectory of – Kentucky right now. So I think they'll be favored. And I think we, uh, you and I will both be on the Jayhawks as an underdog. Oh, I love a squad ride, put, but that scares with, me. With how, how Harris is reeling right now, you put Kaysen Wallace on him and guard him 90 feet, just the whole game, get up in him, make him uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I certainly could see that happening. Uh, two of the best coaches in the business should lead to a very, very exciting game for all. 
Uh, we are about to wrap the show here. And the afters, we will talk about Texas and Tennessee and Arkansas and Baylor. Uh, but first, we do want to send our condolences to ACC Network's Mark Packer and his entire family. Mark's father, Billy, passed away today at the age of 82. Packer was a legendary college basketball broadcaster with NBC and CBS. He worked 34 Final Fours. He worked every wow. Final Four from John Wooden's last time in 1975 until Bill Self's first championship with Kansas in 2008. Condolences to the entire Packer family. For Jim, for Patrick, I'm Greg Waddell. We'll see you next time on the Field of 68 After Dark. Nice job. Clear. All right, boys. Uh, sad note to end the show, but certainly felt obligated to mention it. Uh, we did not get to te Texas and Tennessee, as well as Arkansas oh, yeah. and Baylor. Let's do a, just a quick round the horn pulse check for any SEC fans that are sticking with us live on the afters now that we are into the afters portion of the show. Tennessee in place.